1: What's up, everyone? I'm Kristen Cavallari. And I'm Stephen Coletti. We're so excited to announce Dear Your Media's new podcast, Back to the Beach with Kristen and Stephen, where we'll revisit all of your favorite episodes of Laguna Beach, The Real Orange County, and unveil behind the scenes secrets, tea, and all sorts of new insight into this groundbreaking show. So join us every Tuesday. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm already feeling nostalgic. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do
0: I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect.
1: Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking
0: about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything.
1: New episodes every Wednesday, leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Okay. Do you want to hear something I did that is just absolutely, I mean, it's just, it's wild and it was just so silly of me. Okay. And it's real pod related. Don't worry. You're like, what is this going to be? So our guest today, Sadelle Curry-Lee, was actually on this podcast once before, but you didn't hear it. And why didn't you hear it? Well, it's because Sadelle and I recorded an hour-long conversation on Zoom, okay? And we get to ending the conversation. I'm like, thanks so much for coming on Real Pod. you know, great interview. I go to stop the recording. Uh, There's no button to press stop because I never pressed start. And she's still on the Zoom, and I'm look like going. I'm like one sec. I'm gonna stop the. the and I oh, my, it was so. I felt so bad. I had to like in real time. It's not like she left, and then I could be like, I don't know, maybe make up some excuse like I lost the file. I had to like in front of her be like, I, ne- I never pressed play. I'm so sorry. I was, and she was like, nothing was recorded. I was like, nothing was recorded. So mortifying, and I am now like slightly traumatized every single time I record with a guest on Zoom that I check everything's running smoothly. But she couldn't have been nicer about it, um, could not have been nicer about it. And that says so much about a person. Like, I feel like someone could have been like, oh my God, like that's my time and I'm not gonna come back on. And like, you messed up. She was so nice about it. And we re-recorded and our re-recorded conversation, you will hear today. But yeah, I just thought that was like kind of a funny funny-ish story. And I mean, just a reminder to go easy on yourself. We all make mistakes. We're juggling a lot. There's so much going on. If you forget to turn in the assignment or you forget to study the scouting report, or, you know, you forget that question, your boss asked you to email them the answer. Like we're human and humans make mistakes. And that was a human mistake. And Yeah, I just uh, wanted to let you know because I thought it was good context for our guest today. Now, I know you probably heard the last name Curry and you thought Steph Curry, Seth Curry. Yes, it is true. Those are Sadell's brothers. However, Sadell is her own person and she is actually a former athlete. She was a volleyball player. Shout out volleyball players. She played for the Elon Phoenix women's team in the CAA conference. She is now a mental health advocate and social media content creator. She's a new mom, so she posts a lot about her experience raising her newborn baby, Daxon. She has her own podcast called Because Life, and I just love her. She's always real. She holds nothing back. And today, Sadell is going to share with us what new mom life is really, really like and also married life. I get some advice and we dish on the aspects of family that people don't always post online. So this is a great one. Before we get started, quick shout out to Lex, who left a five star review saying bestie alert. I don't read, but how to break up with your friends is the best book. And the RealPod interview with Aaron Falkner was everything. RealPod is my favorite podcast. Love you so much, Vic. Lex, I love you Back, girl. And thank you so much for listening to that episode. It was such a good one. I also don't really read, but I also read How to Break Up With Your Friends because, like, what a great topic and something we do need to know. And it is important to filter through the people in your life. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, scroll back. It was just a couple weeks ago. It's called How to Break Up With Your Friends and Reevaluate Your Roster with Aaron Faulkner. It's a can't miss episode. Thanks for the review, Lex. I so appreciate it. And thank you to everyone listening right now. I know you have many choices and many things you could go listen to. So I very much appreciate that you're here at RealPod. And if you want to leave a review, you just might be the shout out on next week's episode. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with former college volleyball player, new mom, and mental health advocate, Sadelle Curry-Lee. Sidel Curry, thank you so much for coming back on Real Pod. I feel like we <laughs> we should just tell everyone what happened. So sweet Sidel finds time as a new mom to come on my show. I mean, big guest, notable person. We conduct a forty five minute conversation <clears throat> and then we finish and realize I never pressed record. <laughs> That was that was brutal. But you know what? Everything happens for a reason. Maybe we we now are going to have a better conversation today. Who knows? I mean,
0: honestly, there's been a good amount of time in between the last conversation and this one. And so, you know, it's probably a lot more has happened in between. So I think it's it might have been a good thing, but I love a good dress rehearsal. Yeah, I like like a good run through. So maybe that's what that was for us. Yeah,
1: I feel that. And I also want to ask too. like you're so kind about it and understanding. And I feel like there could be people who You know, just have a bit more of an edge of like my time is super valuable. How do you make a mistake like that? Have you always been someone who is forgiving and compassionate in that way? Is it because you work in the mental health space?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I never ever want anyone to feel like bad about something that I do or just leave like having spending time with me on like a negative note, like because I don't like leaving people with a negative note. Like I've always just treat people the way you want to be treated. And I also think that I do like, it was an honest mistake. So like, I can't really be mad at that. And even if I was mad, which I was not, I'm not going to let you know, because I don't believe in making people's days even worse. Like that, Just, especially because you were so apologetic. So, (laughs) I that's how I always am. I don't know, (laughs) but I really did. I didn't feel bad at all or mad at all.
1: Well, thank you. I love that, and I feel like yeah, I would have been the same way. And yeah, humans humans make mistakes. So, if anyone out there screwed up a project, screwed up something like that, just know that I'm I'm doing the same
0: thing. So, how have you been? I've been doing well. You know, I think I'm obviously in like a really huge part of like my postpartum journey right now. He's my son's four and a half months. And so I'm still kind of in those early new mom kind of thing. And I started getting like 10 hours of sleep at night. Well, not really. I put him down. He, He gets 10 hours of sleep, which means that me and my husband get five, six hours of sleep. And that has made such a difference. Like I'm in such a completely different headspace emotionally, physically, mentally, like I'm doing so well today. I mean, every day is different, but we've had, I've been consistently doing really well, like the past two weeks or so. So yeah, I'm I'm doing good.
1: That's great. And actually I remember the last time we spoke, you were not really in a great place. I think it was maybe two months ago. So Daxon must've been eight weeks or 10 weeks old, something like that. And you were talking about, I think it was postpartum depression a little bit and, and what that yeah. was like. And honestly, because you're so genuine and real and you share so much and being a mom, that's something I don't know. And I think it's something a lot of people don't really understand. Like when you tell me you you're happy to be sleeping five hours a night, I don't think we actually compute that. That's still insane. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not one of those people who thought that I could survive like or live like a happy life without like as much sleep, sleep as I used to get but your body adjusts somehow. Like when you go from only sleeping, you know, one to two hour stretches to a five hour stretch, it makes obviously makes a huge difference, but yeah, it's like, once you're going through it, you don't really have a choice but to like roll with the punches and, and just start creating this new normal for yourself. Yeah. When you have a baby and they like just smile at you and you, you can see that like they're your whole world. It Makes it all worth it, and I definitely think that like my postpartum depression really kind of clouded a lot of my early experiences. That I, I don't, I don't don't like using the word should. My therapist tells me to stop using the word should because you set not unrealistic expectations, but everyone's different, so there is no should. But all the early experiences that you know, everyone's like. Oh, my God. My, I love my baby at like the newborn age or I love like I felt this instant connection with my baby as soon as I had them. Like I can say it 100 percent like I love my my child. Like as soon as it came out of me, like I was I loved him and like I, I knew I was I needed to protect him and like give him the world. But I did not feel this like obsession until like two weeks ago. I was telling my sister-in-law this actually. I feel comfortable telling her about it. Well, I'm kind of telling the whole world now. So here you go. If you if you feel like this, like you're not alone. We're ready. I was not obsessed with my kid for a long time. Like he's four months, four and a half months and at four months. I think is when I started being like, oh my gosh, like I want to post about you all the time. I want to talk about you all the time. I want to do everything with you all the time. Like before then it was just kind of like all right, let's just get through this day. Let me feed you. Let me make sure you're sleeping. Let me make sure you're happy and all that kinds of stuff. But it wasn't like, oh, like you are like my burning desire. And I think that postpartum depression really clouds that sleep deprivation can really cloud that. And it's, it's okay to, you know, not have the same experiences as everyone else. And you shouldn't feel bad. This is when I will use the word should you, you should not feel bad for that because You are like, you're still a human being, mom or a parent, anyone with a newborn, you're still a human being and a lot like who you were before you had a baby. You're going to miss parts of that. You're going to miss that person because sometimes that person just completely disappears and it's really scary. But although I, I kind of feel that bad, like I'm still dealing with that guilt of like not kind of remembering a lot of like his early life because I was just such in a dark place that just makes me appreciate where I am now and where he is now and like really, really be locked in and tuned in to the good and the bad. So yeah, it's definitely been a journey. All
1: right. Whether we like it or not, the first day of school is right around the corner. The summer has flown by, but the good news is Macy's has the outfits from brands like Levi's free people and mango that are so good that the kids will want to lay them out the night before. So if you are a parent take them shopping at Macy's for that back to school outfit. If you are able to take yourself shopping for back to school outfits, Macy's has you covered and they've got brands like Birkenstocks and Nikes. I mean, Birkenstocks just came out with like the new cutest. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that I'm thinking of this right now. I'm going to go to Macy's this weekend and get my Birkenstocks because I've been wanting to buy myself a white pair for a while now. And aside from shoes, no first day at school is complete without a backpack. You need a backpack. Oh my gosh, remember how fun it was to go get a backpack for a new school year? Well, Macy's has tons and tons of options. Not to mention, if you are going to college, you can get dorm essentials like bedding, beauty blenders for the makeup savvy, Fitbits to make use of the campus gym. If that's something you want to do, cute decor. I mean, go to Macy's dot com slash back to school right now. That's Macy's.com slash back to school for all of your back to school essentials. Don't sleep on that first day or first week at school. You want to feel confident. You want to feel in the zone and ready to attack a new school year. So head to Macy's.com slash back to school. That's Macy's.com slash back to school. Our next sponsor today is Karma Water. And this blew my mind because listen to this. I didn't know that the vitamins and probiotics in pre-mixed drinks and like kombuchas deteriorate over time. So like those are like pre-mixed. So the more that they sit in your fridge or they sit at the store, all the good stuff deteriorates. Whereas karma water stores the probiotics, vitamins, antioxidants, and adaptogens in a patent protective push cap that infuses the ingredients just seconds before drinking. It's actually really fun. Max and I just got a box of karma water And you use this push cap, so you just push your thumb down and then bam, all these nutrients are delivered at peak potency into the water. You shake, 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 and you can deliver the greatest health benefits to you. Just peel, push, and shake. They have so many flavors as well, like strawberry lemonade, which is my personal favorite, berry cherry, kiwi melon, blueberry lemonade. Ooh, blueberry lemonade. I should try that because if I like strawberry lemonade, I bet I would love blueberry lemonade and tropical coconut. The brand currently has two lines, Karma Probiotic Water and Karma Wellness Water, which are each formulated to deliver distinct wellness benefits in a variety of natural and tropical flavors that I just mentioned. And exciting news because Karma Water is also coming out with a CBD line later this year. I will definitely need to try that. Karma water is vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, lactose-free, as well as free of preservatives and artificial colors and sweeteners. So if you had food sensitivity or food allergies, hopefully you shouldn't have to worry about anything with karma water. Receive 20% off a case of karma water now when you go to drinkkarma.com slash realpod. That's 20% off if you go to drinkkarma, dot com slash RealPod to receive 20% off a case of karma water now. Now, do you feel like because you previously struggled with mental health issues, something that you're a huge advocate for, which is why I love following you and have for years now, you talk about depression and anxiety. Is that something that like makes you more likely to have postpartum depression? I mean, what have you learned with the psychologist you've worked with and your experience, because I kind of feel like I'm going to have that just because I'm like prone to being depressed. I feel.
0: Yeah. So one thing that I do kind of feel bad about when I, in being so open about my postpartum experience is that I feel like a lot of people are like, I've gotten a lot of DMs. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. (laughs) Like, I'm so scared of having postpartum depression. Like, it sounds terrible or postpartum anxiety. It sounds terrible. And so, I want to tell you and everyone else, or anyone else that's feeling nervous, like, don't be nervous because, like, even if it happens, like, you're going to be okay. Like, you'll get through it because as long as you're working to get through it, you're gonna be okay. What I will say is that postpartum depression and regular depression are like two totally different things for me personally. They've just they've felt emotionally very, very different. Can
1: you describe the differences for us? I'm curious.
0: Yeah, I'll try it. Postpartum depression's like 10 times worse. <laughs> don't be scared, but like <laughs> don't
1: be scared, it's, but it's, <laughs> it's way worse than you've any depression you've ever experienced.
0: Only because someone else is depending on you fully. Like you have someone, someone's whole life dependent on you fully. And so for me, like me and my husband have tried, tried for years to have a baby and the day finally came and I like, wasn't quite enjoying it that much. And I was like, why do I feel bad? Like, I feel terrible about feeling terrible about having what I wanted. And like this baby didn't want to be here. Like he didn't ask to come into this world. Like we wanted him. We literally willed him to be here. And yet I'm not super, super excited about it at right now at this point. And that adds on another layer of just guilt and like sadness for me when it comes to like just regular regular depression. When it comes to non-postpartum depression you don't have the weight of someone else's life bearing on you. You may have, you have friends, you have family who are all, you know, affected, can be affected by your, your depression and are worried about you. But like, it's a, it's like a little baby. It's a a helpless little baby who loves you and needs you. But you're sometimes you're like, "Mm, I could really do without this right now. Like, right. I really, I couldn't, I think I'd be okay if I wasn't a mother right now, you know? So it's just a lot more self, not deprecation, but just like a lot more guilt and worry and burdens, right? As, as during postpartum. And so to answer your question or your other part of your question, I don't know if if you deal with depression or any other mental health disorders, if you'll automatically get postpartum depression or anxiety because they are just two different things. Like they're just completely, for me, me, they're two totally different things. I kind of was expecting to get it, but like I low-key wasn't expecting to get it because I was like, oh, I know what depression is. Like I know how to, I'm preparing for it. I'm making sure like my friends and family know the signs for it, but it still happened. But I do know people that have had postpartum or that have had depression that did not have postpartum. But I know that's different with every kid. Like some people can have it with their first kid and not with the second or vice versa and so on.
1: There's also so many unknowns, right? Of how to be a parent, how to be a mom and seeing kind of the highlight reel or the expectation that you are, your child is supposed to be your world. And I know you've been open to about like the breastfeeding being difficult and Obviously I'm speaking from a place of like I can only imagine, but I, I think this is an important conversation to have. Like, even though I, I'm not planning to have kids for for a few years, and just talking about it so that when someone does decide to get to that place in their life, there's so many things you can't know and can't prepare for. So mm-hmm. to even just get yourself thinking about it a little bit and you know, with breastfeeding, I would imagine you'd feel like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this thing? that, and then you see other moms who quote unquote, like latch very quickly. So mm-hmm. what was that like for you? And did that kind of play into the disconnect? you think like, you felt like you weren't connecting with the baby?
0: Yeah. So for my breastfeeding journey leading into it, I was, I always was like, I'm going to breastfeed because we didn't go through quote unquote, natural conception journey. Was I really it in vitro. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> I was an in vitro baby. I love meeting other IVF babies because it's just like, look at, look at what my grew up to become a star, you know? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, seriously. It it makes me so excited. Like, you know that the first baby to be born through IVF, like just turned like 40 this year. Really? Yeah. It's like a still very, very fairly new science like thing.
1: Yeah. I'm always like, I was born
0: in a dish. Where are you at? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, it's like a very very new thing. So I love seeing like you know or meeting IVF babies, IVF right? babies that are like do. I mean obviously even if you're not like famous or whatever like but still right really meeting the famous ones. I'm like oh okay okay future Dax gonna gonna be yes that's gonna be you. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, I was like I'm, I want to breastfeed. I want to have that really natural experience since I didn't get to do that with with having like conceiving. But nobody tells you how difficult it is to feed your child period, like period. And I even said that with like people who do formula because I've, I'm in like a mom group and I've had, I've seen so many of their conversations about how they can't find the right formula that sits well with their baby's stomach because babies are like so sensitive to everything because their digestive systems just aren't developed yet. And so there's like, like the worst thing about newborn people might say the sleep. I say the sleep, but also like just the gas, like they're fussy all the time. Cause they just can't digest things all the time. Just so they're always just, farting and burping. And well, no, well, yeah. But like when they can't fart or burp, they get upset. Like they get sad. they get angry and they cry and they fuss. And so that was really difficult, but anyways, Breastfeeding has been diff- is difficult for me and my personal experience because I didn't have all of the quote unquote signs that I was producing milk besides like my, my son, like Daxon was Was giving me signs that he I was producing milk. Like he was going to the bathroom. He was gaining weight to a certain point, but I didn't have engorged breasts. I didn't have any tingling that they say you're supposed to have. I didn't have any leaking. I didn't have any of that. Like my, my breath, my breast breasts just felt like flat. All Could the time. you pump? And then I would pump and then I would like, there'd be a little bit of milk, but not like a freezer. You know how people have like their freezer stashes, right? Like freezers full of like frozen milk. I would not have enough for that. Wait, not to
1: sexualize the pregnant body, but like, I'd be kind of bummed if I didn't get those juicy ass tits when I was pregnant. Oh my
0: gosh. Like what's the, like I I, I get them (laughs) now, but, but like early on I was like, somebody told me I was supposed to have big, like. I was supposed to be able to not wear a bra and my boobs look like I'm wearing a a, right like
1: you you kind of want the goddess pregnant big boob body right
0: (laughs) I wanted triple d's okay like bring them on and I did not have them at all and so and then you go to the doctor and the doctor's like oh well baby's a little bit underweight or like not on his curve and then immediately you get sent into this like oh my god it's my fault I'm breastfeeding my baby he's not eating enough it's my fault. Like he's not getting enough weight. That's all on me. But I'm doing everything I possibly can. I'm taking supplements. I'm pumping around the clock. I'm feeding like I'm doing everything I could possibly do, everything that everything that some everyone's telling me to do. And yet, my baby is still quote unquote underweight. I have never been a parent. So I uh,
1: I know I can't say it, but when people are obsessed with the like percentiles and the, the growth, I'm like, this doesn't yes. matter. I'm like the way that you hear. I mean, I'm sure it does to an extent, but people freaking out about that stuff always makes me giggle.
0: And it, because it's like stem from doctors, like doctors are like, cause there's this curve, like this growth chart, wherever your baby is born, their weight, they start on a curve. As if all babies and all people are the same, and if they if they skew a little bit above or un, a little bit under the curve, like start supplementing with formula or start like pumping more, they're not they're not eating enough, they're not getting enough, and it's like, first of all, sorry, I'm like venting, like yes. going a rant right now because Get it's just, on your really, it's just box. really frustrating, especially as a first time mom, and the only the only. Goal you have is to keep your baby alive, well, and fed. But I would just say breastfeeding mom is like, take it easy on yourself. Like you're doing a good job. If it's causing you though, if, you're co- if it's causing your mental health to plummet, it's okay to reconsider a different feeding method. I think that I can full 100% say that I think my postpartum depression was centered around my breastfeeding journey and like stressing out that Daxman wasn't eating enough and I was doing him a disservice, but because I'm like super stubborn and competitive and just would not give it up until, you know, I exhausted all options. That's the athlete That's in I her people, volleyball players. You know how we are. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it is. It was very much athlete to me. And it, and it worked out like I I was able to accept certain things. Like I'm able to accept, you know, sometimes I have to give him a bottle of, of formula or whatever, but I'm still breastfeeding. I'm still doing majority of breastfeeding. So that's okay. But I do feel like if I would have stopped breastfeeding earlier on, I probably wouldn't have gone so deep into my postpartum depression, but it kind of was worth it. Right. I don't know if you just, I don't like, know if any, yeah,
1: no, it's also helpful. Sadel, just because you're like, just being so candid about all of this, which I think normalizes it for anyone experiencing something different. And then also for people who haven't had kids or don't know they're hearing a different side so they don't have to feel as much of a failure or like something's wrong with them when something like this doesn't happen. Now, I also just want to ask how you have been or trying or succeeded in striking balance between being present for all of the new baby moments, still having your own career, still being a wife and a friend and a, and a sister and everything that you are. I know you halted your podcast, which I'm sure was hard for you to do because that was like your baby and a passion project. I mean, how do you go about putting up those boundaries and making decisions to keep your cup full?
0: Yeah. So my mom's always preached to me and my brothers, like, what are our priorities? Like we have to have priorities. We have to have certain things in order to, you know, really feel like we're living fulfilled in a sense and we're giving to each thing what it deserves. And so when it comes to my family and my son, like that's always going to be first 100, like always my, my husband comes first and then my, my son comes second. I, I believe that to be able to raise good children the person that you have the babies with, who happens to be my husband, we need to have we need to be on the same page and we need to be doing well to pour into our children. So my husband will always come first. My child will come second, but together as a family, they're number one.
1: Wait, can I dive into that? Because I feel like there's people thinking, oh, the kids got to come first. Like, so does your husband say you come first too?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're on the same page with that. Obviously like we're we're a Christian. So God and then my husband and then my child. But I don't know. I just I really believe that me and Damien, my husband, ha- decided to have a baby together. And if we're not on the same page or if we're not pouring into our own relationship, we're not setting an example, even at Daxon's early age, for what, you know, a relationship could look like. And then we're not being able to pour in together, you know, to our child and be on that same page. Like it's especially for my husband, it's really important. He was raised by a single mom. She did an amazing job with him. Like he's what is that? What is that saying? Salt of the earth. Like he's just like an amazing person, but he always missed that, you know, seeing his mom and dad together, like, and being raised by both of them. And so he wants to give that to Daxon, but we have to be, like I said, on the same page to be able to do that for Daxon. But does it mean that like my, our son means less to us than each other. It's physically impossible for us at least to like, not be a hundred percent about but. Yeah, it's just we always keep each other first because we are the we are the base of our whole family. I would like the clarification of you're not saying
1: you love your son less. You're, I feel like it's that type of relationship where you love you love people so much. I mean, I can't even think about who I love more between my parents or my brother. You know, it's it's so yeah. hard. Yeah. So that makes total sense. I'm so glad that we covered that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it comes to being, you know, having a career, which is still so important to me. And when I had to take a little hiatus from the podcast, it was a really hard, difficult decision for me, but I knew it was something that was kind of inevitable because I can't, hackers can't half-ass things like for me to feel confident and proud of something I need to put a hundred percent into it and I really wasn't able to do that so probably like I was supposed to go on maternity leave like in November and we were still like recording and stuff and my head was just like thinking about the fact that like I was about to have a baby like what the heck like I was just trying to prep my mind and my body for having a baby but still you know trying to put in put out as much content for the podcast as possible and my baby came and then it was like oh, but we need to do this. We need to do that. And I was in the depths of postpartum depression. So I was like, listen, like I'm not, I just didn't, I wasn't happy. Like I usually am so excited to come podcast and like talk about my life. And I also wasn't feeling like I was being super genuine because I feel like people come to my podcast to hear about hear about my life, but also get something and like have some takeaways that are going to be helpful to them. And I was in such a deep, dark part of my life when I, stop the podcast or put one on a hiatus that I just felt like no one was going to leave the podcast with any like positive takeaways because I didn't really have a lot of positive things going on. Like, let I me, mean, my son was a positive. I just want to put this out there. I'm forever grateful for my son. Like it's never going Stop to be. Doubt. Thing. I we,
1: we, I'm on the same wavelength as you. I know you <laughs> would throw yourself in front of a car for your baby. Literally, You're, you're just saying the things that people don't say because they're afraid to be viewed as, oh, you're not like a good mom. That's not the case. She's yeah. saying what everyone's probably felt or thought.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I just put that out there, but I just, but I just felt like it was, I wasn't in the right frame of mind. I wasn't excited to come podcast, and so that's questions that you need to ask yourself when you're doing anything. Like, is it bringing you joy? Marie Kondo. It's not just about like your house or your room or your clothes. It's about your life as well. If it's not bringing you joy, life is way too short to like keep doing things. And my podcast used to bring me. It still does. Like I'm. I'm. I have. A book full of like topics that I'll, I'm gonna talk about when I come back. That's another thing. Like I know it's always going to be there if I when I need it and when I'm ready to come back. But at that time, like I just like I wasn't able to give 100 to my 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 baby and myself. So I took a little hiatus, but it's it's okay. And then when it comes to the rest of my life, like I'm very privileged, very thankful to have, I have a nanny that comes and watches Jackson for a couple of hours a day so that I can get work done. And that was always a priority for us because my job is super important to me. My identity is very, very important to me outside of, you know, my husband and my baby. I still want to be like more than just a mom. And so, yeah, I think, like I said, figuring out what your priorities are and finding ways to you know, give to each thing.
1: It's so refreshing to hear all of that. I have been trying to tap into it and in, in my life as well, because at some point you just have to pull your head out, head out of the kind of rat race for success and for more, and more, more in life and think like, when does this end? And I, just started with the new therapist and we're trying to talk about like how do I want my life to look and how do I want it to feel? and that's gonna take changes. And just this morning, I'm sure you can relate to this as a content creator, but I got a brand deal offer in awesome partnership. Awesome deal. Who would say no? This is the only summer leading up to a wedding. like I want to be present. I have the luxury to have worked hard enough and found success that I I can dial it back and be okay. So I need to, and I know I'm going to send this email that says I appreciate you working on this. While it sounds great, like I'm not able to accept it, and I know I'm going to get a pushback on. Are you sure? Well, how can we make it work? And you know what? The answer is just no. It's it's no. Like I, because I cannot, I can't, and it's and then I'm not going to have the experience I want to have this summer, and you're going to let people down, and it might not make sense, and it maybe I'll never get this deal again, and I'll be like kicking myself. But I don't know that, and. I do know now I need to slow down and it's, it's hard. I bet it was so hard for you to let tell all of your listeners, yeah. I won't be recording and I can, and I'm not even going to be able to give you a date on when you can expect me back. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought long and hard about that, but the last thing you want to do is say, Oh, well, I'll be back April 14th. And then <laughs> April 14th comes in and they're like, okay. And you're like, no, I'm not, I'm just out there yet. And <laughs> yeah. so you keep them on the thing? But I think that like you saying, no, we can put these what's meant to be will be will come back around in in different aspects of our life in our personal life in our work life and it's okay to like start like asking companies I guess from from content creator to content creator to see you as a human being because even as content creators we're like lifestyle content creators like our lives are our job and you got to kind of accept that for what it is and I think that you know when in the world that we live in today, we're also starting to see not just as a creators, but as like in general, that people are starting to, to like value me as a person. Like I am not a robot. I'm not a machine. I have priorities. I have feelings. I have all these other things that are going on and it's, and it's wrong to accept, expect people to, to operate without, you know, the human aspects of them. And so I think that like, We can't expect other people, companies, colleagues, whatever, to view us as humans and as actual people if we don't start operating as actual people. And I think that's what you're doing. I agree wholeheartedly.
1: And one more thing I want to add that has helped me say more no's is from... Dr. Vinita Sandu, who I had an episode with her on boundaries. It was great. And she said, saying no to something is saying yes to something else. So Mm -hmm. saying, no, I'm not going to do this brand deal or no, I can't do this extra work is saying yes to self-care. It's saying yes to time with family. And Mm -hmm. I think that helps overachievers who hate saying no and feeling like, well, then I'm going to do nothing. It's like, no, you're not doing nothing. You're saying yes, this no is a yes to something else. And so that helps. This episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. Yep, you guessed it. Y'all know I love Athletic Greens. Max and I drink it every single morning. It is an absolute must for me to start my day. So what is Athletic Greens? Well, Athletic Greens is a greens powder that contains 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. They give you a little scooper. It's really cute. You scoop up your powder, you put it in your cup, you add water, and you drink it. And then you can go about your day knowing you've given your body so many important nutrients as your base, right? I don't like to take a lot of supplements. I don't like to take a lot of vitamins. I don't want to worry throughout the day. "Am Am I eating this? Should I have a salad for lunch? Like I just want to intuitively eat. So in the morning, if I know I drink my Athletic Greens, I can check off this mental box of like, okay, I gave my body the most important nutrients And now I have this awesome starting point for the rest of my day. And this special blend of ingredients in Athletic Greens supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, literally all the things. So right now, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's literally just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you, RealPod listeners, what, what, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash realpod. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash realpod for a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Don't sleep on those travel packs. I love them. I bring them on the road with me. So head to athleticgreens.com slash to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Just shifting gears a little bit, Mm Sadell, one thing I want to ask you about, and I know you mentioned briefly your identity is super important to you. It's no secret that you come from a star-studded family and I'm sure often you're wrapped in with your brothers or your mom or your dad or or your sister-in-law, whoever it is. So, and, and here I am, I hate myself, right. To even bring them up on a show that's about (laughs) you, but I do it because I think there are people maybe on a smaller scale who have, you know, these high achieving siblings or these parents who paved the way or whatever it is. So how have you either worked or grappled to like really feel comfortable in being a Curry, not like Stefan's sister or Aisha's sister-in-law, whatever it is, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. So my full I can give you this long answer about that and how I've gotten to this point. Like I am a very, very independent person. I have always been like that. I've even in college or high school, like I hated asking my dad for money if I wanted to go to the mall or whatever. And like I got a job. Like I've been working a job since I was 15. When I first could, because cause I like earning my own money. I like being my own person. And whenever anyone was like, oh, you only got to do this because you're Stephen Curry's sister, you only got to do this because you're Del Curry's daughter or what Seth Curry's sister, whatever. I always say, like, you can be invited in the room through who you know and by networking, but like you have to have something to stay in that room. Mm-hmm. You have to have something and be able to, to give something or or show something or be a value of something to stay in that room. Cause you can easily just walk out or be sent out the same through the same door that, that you got let in. And so, yeah, I think like, I mean, I've worked so hard, even to a fault, really. Like there was a point in my life where I didn't really like, I didn't, Resent my family, or like try to like not be from them because I'm we're a family person, like we've been raised to be like a very like just all about the family kind of people. We support each other. We do all types of stuff like that. but when i when all I was hearing was, you get this because of this, you get that because of that, and not because of how hard I worked even when I'm like, playing volleyball, like none of my brothers play volleyball. So why do you think
1: that? <laughs> yeah. You're like, how is volleyball coming from my brothers? <laughs> yeah.
0: I got it. I literally stopped playing basketball, partly because I don't like to rhyme, but other, but also because I wanted to do like my own thing. Like my mom played volleyball. So I wanted to, to follow in her footsteps, of course, but I did not want to go to college and people be like, Oh, you suck. Cause I wasn't as good as Stefan or Seth or right. whatever, or being like, Oh, you only got on this team because Stefan Seth, Seth." but yeah, I think I had to just to stop owning other people's opinions about me. That was another thing. Like I had to stop taking my identity from what other people were saying, because they don't know me. Like mm-hmm. you guys, people have literally no idea. I try to be as authentic and genuine as possible about things that I do talk about and things that I do share, but like nobody really knows, knows me enough to like, tell me why I'm where I'm at, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I just, you have to, you have to able to have something to stay in that room that you are invited to because of who you know.
1: And I really appreciate the point about not caring what other people are thinking or their opinions of you, because people are always going to have opinions. They're always going to, even if you got, an opportunity on your own, someone's going to think it's a family thing. Or if you do, someone might, I mean, it's just ridiculous how often we calculate and think about the way that others will perceive this. And, you know, in different ways, like I've been struggling with merging finances with my soon to be husband. Of course I'm going to, because I want to be a unit that's important to me, but I know that when we get a house one day, they're going to say, oh, well, he's in real estate and she creates videos on TikTok. Like <laughs> they're going to think I don't earn my own money or I don't. And, yeah. and you know, so I think about things like that We, because we all do. Right. And it's so stupid that we're not even in the phase of thinking about a house. And I'm already stressing about how people will judge who paid more for it.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. Well, first of all, tell me how you got to this to this point of merging finances, because me and my husband, we have a joint account where. Like we have our own individual accounts and then we have a joint one where we pay stuff for like Daxon or groceries or stuff for the dogs or like stuff that we both get something out of, I guess. That's why you say. But like I physically cannot like I just is it the girl boss mentality, right? If I make my own money, I have my own money. Yeah, like I don't want to be like hiding clothes in the car. Cause I bought it with, with like, you know, like I just, right.
1: you want to spend your money the way you want without question.
0: Yes. And like, also I just, I'm, I'm an optimistic person. I, I, I 100% believe that me and my husband are going to be together forever, but like what if we don't?
1: (laughs) Well, you're a realist and you know, and I, I, I feel the same way. Like I don't, there's not a doubt in my mind. It's not going to work out with Max, but that's what people say who end up getting divorces is there wasn't a doubt. And then, you know, something crazy happens. So when you ask me, you know, how did I get to this place? Well, actually Max's brother really influenced me. Just really believes that marriage is like really joining your life with someone else and Mm -hmm. you're being a team. And that's part of being married is we yeah. have this pool. Like we are working together for the life that we want together. And, like, part of marriage is those conversations about, you know, where you're spending money and then having a conversation and agreeing on it. And I, I'm actually going to do a podcast with Max about this because I think it is fascinating yeah. and just not to spook you. But, like, statistically speaking, Couples have a greater chance at lasting who do merge finances. And it's couples that keep division that end up having more problems down the road because it's still like a you versus me, not a complete hour.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Maybe like we literally never talk about finances like ever. Maybe I'm just like complacent in that point right now in our relationship because like it just is, it has never come up. Like things get paid for like I think maybe because we had that joint account. So like both of our money's kind of going into that percentage of our money's going into that, but like coming from a Christian standpoint too, we had, we did premarital counseling and I was talking to the counselor or it was, it was his pastor, like about that. And like my concerns and whoever, and he, he just kept saying like, well, it's not really your money. It's the Lord's money. So either way, it's like, you, you shouldn't be possessive over it because it's the Lord's money, period. Yeah. I I've, I had actually every intention of joining all our finances. He doesn't pressure me either. Like, like, like I said, we don't talk about it, but I had every intention of joining our finances when we had Daxon and then I went to- the For you
1: guys to to say you don't talk about it, is that because it's like, it's so comfortable with like your successful careers, which that's great in itself, That it's like, you're so comfortable and there's such a flow of money that like, it doesn't have to get down to the nitty gritty, right?
0: Yeah. I mean- for me, I think we're just so we're just such simple people. Like rents paid. We're talking about buying a house. Okay. So we're we want to buy a house this summer because we're just tired of paying rent out here. And I mean, he does make more money than me. And so I kind of I don't know, we haven't talked about it. maybe it'll get serious once we go in a house together. <laughs> right now we're just you're kind of rent. sitting here
1: like, wait, maybe we should talk about
0: this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like we're so like as long as things are paid for we neither of us have an issue with being like oh I'll pay for this or I'll pay for that like if we go on vacations that doesn't come out of our joint account I'll pay for the flights I'll pay for like the hotel or whatever We, we whenever we go or we'll just we go out to eat we'll put down the joint card like stuff like that but I don't know maybe maybe it's a privilege I should I should I should I should acknowledge my privilege right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
1: however, however, it works for your relationship It is different for everyone. But I certainly got spooked by like knowing that couples who merge have like better success rates. But I will say every woman should have a little secret something, something somewhere because that's important. Yes.
0: Have your, uh, your piggy bank.
1: Yeah. Have your little sparkly pink piggy bank for if ever shit hits the fan. Sadel, thank you so much for coming back on. Not that I didn't love our first conversation, but I am obsessed with this one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is another good one. We can keep doing this over and over. I know I should delete
1: the recording and you should come back. I'm kidding. (laughs) Triggered, triggered. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. It was such a joy to talk to you. I'm can't wait for everyone to listen to this. And I'm rooting for you and Damien and Daxon and your beautiful family.
0: Thank you. And congratulations on your wedding. I'm so excited for you. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. So amazing.
1: Seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day, and as always, keep it real.